Welcome to another episode of the Viato Podcast Retail Revival Series. I'm Randy Kobat with Cox Automotive, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. Today's episode features Jonathan Hakes, Used Vehicle Inventory Director at Dorschel Auto Group in Rochester, New York. Jonathan and his team have long understood that the best place to acquire a used vehicle is at the dealership. That's why they've invested in a vehicle appraisal and purchase process that begins online when consumers are considering a vehicle purchase or sale. The group's process is proving to be especially valuable now as wholesale vehicle prices are high and consumers don't necessarily want to go through the appraisal process in the store. We were kind of prepared um, in a sense that we were comfortable giving a, a sight unseen opinion on a vehicle, you know, instructing a consumer to fill out a Kelly Book instant cash offer, right? Um, go through the condition pieces of the vehicle and verify everything. In some ways, my conversation with Jonathan is a quick run through of best practices for managing appraisals and trade-ins in today's market. The team isn't afraid to offer a number on a car and they're not worried about consumers shopping their number at other dealerships down the street. In their view, if they make an earnest effort on behalf of consumers, they'll build the trust that leads to a new car deal. If I'm dealing with this person at this dealership and they're taking this much time and attention to making sure that I've you know, described the vehicle accurately, they're gonna be detail oriented with the other things like financing and other paperwork that comes along further down the road. So I think it does build that confidence that I'm dealing with a reputable dealer. I also asked Jonathan for his view of key opportunities in the current market. And not surprisingly, he and his team are working hard to perfect the processes that have already led to great success. My biggest opportunity, in my opinion, is to make sure that we're transacting through the front door as much as possible and, and kind of getting a leaner uh, from our auction purchases. Thank you for joining the podcast. Let's have a listen to my conversation with Jonathan. Jonathan Hakes, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. We're really excited to hear your story today. Um, so let's start the conversation with a little bit about your dealership group. Um, how many new and used vehicles do you sell and kind of what's your role within the group today? Yeah, absolutely. So we retail just under um, 350 used cars a month. So we have a buy here, pay here as well that we feed. And our new operation is just shy of 500. So we hover right around as a group, uh, 100, 850 cars a month. My role in the group is uh, centralized pricing and centralized recon. So I, I manage a, a small team of buyers um, and help you know, bring some insight and in, in different perspective to the team leaders, the managers on the desk that are help making the deals. So when they're appraising cars, they'll call us for second opinions, um, Kelly Bublik ICO as well. And I price everything, right? So I'm looking at the market data on all the vehicles and that is the price. So there's no deviation from it. We are a one price store. You know, we, we do take that very seriously and we have to hold up our process for the, uh, for the integrity for it to work. You don't want someone leaving and saying, oh, I just got you know, 500 bucks off the vehicle. That's just not it. We, we let a customer go and the next customer that comes in uh, gets the same customer experience, same treatment and same opportunity to buy that vehicle. That's great. So from a geographic perspective, how dispersed is your group? 
Yeah, so we're pretty close knit. Um, we have nine franchises, new car franchises, and three used car lots in about a half a mile of each other all on the same road. So that definitely helps in terms of moving inventory around to get reconditioned, to be able to spot check things relatively quickly too, if we've got an issue with a vehicle, whether it's cosmetics or mechanical. So it's a unique approach, your air traffic control, if you will, for your used yes. car operations, but it's not like you're managing multiple geographies. They're all in the same spot. Correct. That makes it, it makes it a little, a little simpler, you know, I log into the tools that we use with the auto and I'm not having to jump from, you know, state lines, like some dealer groups have to, we, we get to stay within that tight knit. That's great. So in your role with this centralized approach to used car acquisition, I'm curious where you get your cars for the group where just maybe start there. Yeah, absolutely. So we do get a fair amount of trade-ins. Um, right now, we're about 48% look to book. Um, so we have a fair amount of uh, retail trades that we take in. 25% or so come from auctions and another 25% or so come from off-lease purchases. So yeah, we, we get them a little bit from everywhere. I mean, obviously, with everything going on with COVID and, and everything getting tighter and more expensive, um, we're really leaning on the desk managers to make second, you know, second opinion phone calls, um, leverage ICO and any other tool we can use to help build that case for why the vehicle is worth what it is today. And and the numbers that you shared, those are current numbers? Um, yes. And w- was it about the same prior to the pandemic or? It was about the same. Um, obviously, it fluctuates from any given month, but we've been... Uh, buying and appraising and putting deals together about the same way before uh, COVID hit and after. So we were, I would say we were kind of prepared um, in a sense that we were comfortable giving a, a sight unseen opinion on a vehicle, you know, instructing a consumer to fill out a Kelly Book instant cash offer, right? Um, go through the condition pieces of the vehicle and verify everything. Um, we're now enhancing that a little bit further, trying to get some more photos too, so we can dial it in even more um, by sending a little quick tutorial video on, on what photos are important to send over and then um, giving a cash offer on every vehicle. So there's no contingencies on that person buying a vehicle from us. We look at them all the same. I mean, an opportunity is an opportunity, and I would much rather try and get it at the curb uh, than I would at the sale. That's really interesting, and I'd love to dig in uh, some more there because uh, you've raised a couple of really interesting points. You know, a sight unseen appraisal is really, really a high degree of interest right now from all of our clients, given, you know, the impact of the pandemic and the limited ability to see people maybe in a showroom or in some cases during, you know, the height of the pandemic, showrooms were closed. So speak a little bit about that. How do you handle those trade-in valuations um, for an off-site car when you're working with a consumer that hasn't even been in the store yet? Yeah, of course. I mean, so I would instruct, you know, we would instruct their sales managers and team and, and salespeople try and get an accurate description, but by doing so, pushing them to use, um, we're a partner with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Mm-hmm. That's really detail oriented, right? So it highlights everything that is of importance, uh, not only to the consumer, you know, because those are the things that they're going to look for on their next vehicle but also for us, right? And what we would want to see in making an educated purchasing decision. So I, I grew up in the business, like when condition reports were starting to become a bigger thing at Mannheim years and years ago, 
I used to remember walking a lot and spending tons of time looking over cars and the condition reports weren't super great, but now they've gotten really good. So it's, it's more comfortable to be able to bid on a car, you know, or buy a car from a consumer um, without touching it, smelling it, feeling it, as long as you have all the appropriate data, um, you should be able to get a nice tight cluster of what that car is worth without having a huge variance um, from, you know, what they said it was condition-wise to when they show up. So we try to really do a lot of the legwork beforehand so that when they come in, it's it's a seamless uh, transaction. And that's a little more comfortable too. They're, they're expecting, you know, there to be a big difference because they didn't highlight something. But we'll ask, you know, does it have navigation or does it have a backup camera? You know, in the event that someone did fill out one of those and, and they, they didn't have it properly checked off, we'll go back to and verify just to make sure that they get the most through the instant cash offer and that our appraisers are giving them the most just as a curb. Sure. You know, you mentioned condition reports, right? And and those mm-hmm. are from auction, right? It's a it's a big important part of looking and evaluating cars before you buy at auction. So you so what I'm hearing is you treat the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer like a condition report. Absolutely. I want to know as much as I can beforehand because I, I don't want to oh you know over promise and under deliver when a customer's shopping. I, I want to give you know, a realistic, accurate number. And again, we'll stand behind that number, whether that's traded in or not. So we want to dial that in as best we can, because it's not, it's never fun to have a conversation with the, with the customer that didn't disclose something and then have to walk them, you know, down that, Hey, you know, this does impact the vehicle's value, just to, just as it would a pair of new tires would impact the vehicle's value. Right. We would give you, you would want more for it. So we try to really dial that in. That's great. And you know, what was interesting is you mentioned photos. So help me understand how you get the consumer to send you photos on that trade-in. Yeah, of course. So yeah, we would um, send them a link just internally. Uh, Once we've had that, you know, correspondence and say, you know, these are the, the photos that we are looking for. It's a quick minute, minute and a half walk around type video. And then that customer sees that there's, you know, eight points that we would really want, maybe 10. Uh, depending on the vehicle and try and get a picture of the tires or, you know, underneath the engine bay. Um, the, the typical things that you would see at an auction, we would like to get as much of that from the consumer as possible. I think it also helps bring up and validate that we we do care and we want to be as accurate as possible. So there's a little more confidence that we're not just shooting from the hip, um, that everything does count when we're evaluating their vehicle. So by getting the consumer to do a little bit more work, which I think some of our clients might be, you know, concerned about creating too much friction. Do you think that the consumer might believe your offer a little bit better because they've provided that additional information like photos? I do. I, th- I think it does build that trust and that transparency piece to it. You know, obviously the concern I think from some from some might be that now it's easier to shop, right? So great, that person got my offer for my vehicle and I'm going to go run it around. I would just rather lead that we are providing such a good customer experience that they're not going to get that somewhere else. Sure. Um, that they would want to move ahead and know that, okay, if I'm dealing with this this person at this dealership and they're taking this much time and attention to making sure that I've described the vehicle accurately, they're going to be detail oriented with the other things like financing and other paperwork that comes along further down the road. So I think it does build that confidence that I'm dealing with a reputable dealer. That's great. And and it sounds like you've had this process dialed in for a while. Were you doing this 
before the pandemic or is this some of the stuff that you've implemented during the pandemic? So majority we were doing before the video with the pictures is um, that's newer, right? So we're just now implementing that to try and get greater engagement and greater accuracy. Um, more and more people are, are skeptical of going out and are a little cautious. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk a little bit about what we're doing in the store for cleanliness sake, but we really want to try and make it as easy as possible for them to be able to make that purchasing decision without coming in. So when they do come in, it's, you know, verifying, you know, the condition of their car, but as long as they're verifying the condition of the car they're wanting to buy, going for a drive and then signing paperwork. So we're really trying to do a majority of the work up front before they actually get into the dealer group. That's Awesome. Very good. You said about 25% of your cars come from auction. Mm -hmm. um, late March, early April, how did the effective shutdown of physical auctions affect your inventory acquisition efforts? It was tight. So we were really, we were also shut down. So we went to a skeleton crew. Um, we had very, very little staff in. Uh, everyone's was working from home that were on a good amount of people were furloughed as well. So the sales rates actually slowed with it, right? So we didn't have to have as big of a replacement um, rate as we once had before the shutdown. So it, it didn't change too much. You know, once, once things got opening back up and we were allowed to, you know, maybe walk a car at the auction, if we were going to one, we would do that. But most of it, we we're trusting the CRs for the vehicles and trying to bid on them accordingly. Obviously, right now, prices are, are extremely high. We're just trying to make most sense of everything that's going on. I also understand that um, at your group, it's your guys are pretty progressive and you don't have traditional F&I offices. So tell us a bit about your sales process. And let's maybe start there and we can dig into some of the details. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's always funny when I hear progressive, just because I feel like we've been doing it for a long time, we, we kind of forget. But we don't have a traditional finance office. So all of our sales consultants are product specialists. We really push and lean heavily on that you start with one person and end with that same person. So when someone comes in and they meet their product specialist or sales consultant, that person is the one that's carrying them through the whole transaction. So we're showing them the car, we're getting them involved um, with trade-ins as well. So talking about condition of their car, finding out what kind of work they had done previously on their past purchase, whether it was rust proofing, undercoating, warranties that are really setting up the stage for later on when they do make a purchasing decision that we can touch back on those points at time of a menu, right? So it's not so foreign. We can we can draw back to remember when you did that. Remember when we asked about that. Those things impact the vehicle's ownership experience and overall condition of the vehicle when you go get rid of it the next time around. So they're they're early and often. We're talking about other things that are beyond just the car purchase. Um, trying to set that up for the most success and and the earlier on in the conversation where it is a conversation, um, it makes it less scary, less less. Uh, the wall isn't up, if you will, um, when you are talking about it, when there's money attached to it. Yeah, that's great. I, I think a lot of our clients, as we've gone through, you know, the, the, the downturn in the economy with the pandemic and, and as we're beginning to come back, that same uh, enlightenment, if you will, because they, like you said, were operating with skeleton crews and they were kind of forced to have uh, one person go through the whole process with a consumer and they found it to be much more operationally effective. Yeah, we we um, increased uh, our back end 
um, with the sales managers that were on. So they, they all got pushed back into the ring, if you will. Um, and they were the ones, you know, serving customer options. And, and again, when you were doing it early and often, it's not so foreign. So when you do attach money to it, the, the consumers um, already bought in for the most part. They're just trying to figure out how does that fit into their budget. That's great. You have what, what you have called a car buying program. So you're really focused on getting that car from the consumer, even if they don't buy another car from you. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, we try and look at things in a holistic outlook. And as a, I'm sure a lot of dealers do, but we really want to get them engaged or comfortable with the dealer group. Maybe they didn't buy a vehicle from us previously, but if, if they're looking to liquidate an extra vehicle, or at least that's how it starts off. Um, sometimes that changes where they want to actually trade it in based on the experience, right? So we we do look at it all the same. We look at it as an opportunity to get them familiar with the dealer group. Maybe they'll service a different vehicle in the household with us, but just trying to let them know that either way, we would love to earn their business. So whether it's them selling us a car outright, doing service work or buying a vehicle from us, we just want to have them engaged with the group. And the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer plays a critical role in that process. Doesn't it, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer does play a big role in that. So we try to lead with that as much as we possibly can, um, try and get you know commitment with the co- consumer on the condition of their vehicle and walking around the car um, and then filling that out together if we can. If we can't fill it out together, um, you know, one of the sales managers or team leaders would fill that out and go over that with the co- consumer just to confirm. And then we will present that number any, as often as we can. I don't want to say 100% because I know that's not accurate, but we, we do try to present that as frequently as possible just to help build the story, right? It's a second voice. They want to, to be affirmed that the, the homework that they've done on their vehicle is true and accurate. Um, on the sources that they looked at. So if it's Kelly Blue Book or any other one, they want that voice of verification, right? That what I did do and all the legwork I did do is true and accurate. And sometimes we may see that differently and and we may put more and sometimes uh, Kelly Blue Book ICO is the one that puts more, but either way, we're moving forward. We're not letting that stop us and get in the way of putting something together. That's terrific. You know, it feels like we've lived through a year in the last 100 days. and you know, as we've seen business begin to come back and and look to you know some semblance of normal, what do you see, Jonathan, as opportunities for your dealership, and what are you trying to do to pursue it? That's a good question. I think just trying to get as much as we can at the front door um, to not rely on the auctions nearly as much. Um, that should be to you know fill holes. Uh, occasionally, but I would love to try and actually take in as much as we possibly can right, at the at the front door. So we we focus heavily on what our look to book is and what it should be, and how to push the needle, um, how to use the tools that we have available to us to to increase that. So ICO being one of them, and, and just really making it a group effort. So we're really pushing heavily on making a secondary phone call as well. So with everything as unstable as it is in the market, more times than not, there's more money left on the table and we're still gonna be profitable. We're still gonna make money when we take that car in. So my biggest opportunity, in my opinion, is to make sure that we're transacting through the front door as much as possible and and kind of getting leaner uh, from our auction purchases. That's great. So you said your look to book right now is about 48% 
So mm -hmm. for every appraisal that you do, you bring about half of those cars into your inventory, you actually acquire about half. What, do you have Correct. a goal? Is it 55%, Yeah, we have a goal 60%? of 55. Yeah, we had a goal of 55. Um, Pre-pandemic, we were about 52%. Um, so we're a little behind the eight ball in terms of where we need to be. We really want to push um, after coming through all this to be well above 60%. Wow. Uh, and that's where that second opinion and um, ICO on every car really comes into play. We, we, we were a little cautious, if you will, as I'm sure some other dealers were going through the pandemic. So we were probably a little more um, uh, gun shy than we should have been. Of course. Um, <laughs> retrospectively, <laughs> it's natural. That's man. natural. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, uh, you know, we, we were be, be careful on newer cars, right? But now that the shortage of new inventory uh, across most of the brands, right? Um, we're seeing a big lift in those cars. So we're, we're shifting gears as quickly as we can. I'm um, trying to get above that 60% look the book. That's great. And you can manage up to 60% or you were at 55, 52 look to mm -hmm. book and still have really good cost to market numbers. Isn't that right? Absolutely. ICO is one of those tools that helps drive that down um, because it is that second voice and that second opinion. I mean, much like you would get with a TO or a flyby from a sales manager on the floor, right? They, they're, you're there to build support for the, the sales consultant while they're talking with the consultant. ICO very much does that same thing. Um, it just gives that consumer that opportunity to, to do that homework ahead of time. And then we're coming by and, and verifying, yes, that is true and accurate. And our cost to market goes down a little bit and our win percentage goes up a little bit as well. So we do try to use that as much as we possibly can to, to leverage deals. That's great. Well, thank you very much for sharing your insights with us today, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Randy. Thank you for your time. Yep. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. And my thanks to all of you for listening to today's Dealer Voices Conversation. Please share this podcast with any of your friends that you think could benefit from hearing these insights. Stay tuned for our next podcast episode. And thank you for joining us today. We'll see you very soon.